0: Welcome to the Journey of an Esthete Podcast, a comprehensive examination of all things aesthetic, the arts, the humanities, and what it means to be human. In the 1960s and 70s, um, commercial institutions, namely uh, network television, would um, have what they called special episodes. Um, this is aside, of course, from the fact of the after-school special, in which the entire um, hour-long uh, fictional social narrative dealt with a particular social ill or problem, uh, teen pregnancy or, you know, the AIDS virus or uh, domestic violence even and, 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 and rape and incest uh, were all, all very serious, uh, most serious uh, themes that were dealt with on such shows. And I remember uh, on the TV show Different Strokes, they even uh, had a, a sitcom, they had a um, Special episode about uh, about about a pedophile, um, uh, and they had, um, you know, uh, Conrad Bain, the actor, would uh, introduce the show and and say that um, this is a very serious social problem, and you know, parents and children much must watch this. Watch this, and the great actor Gordon Jump, Gordon Jump, a uh, wonderful actor, uh, uh, played the perpetrator. I mean, that's just one episode, but there were a lot of. Um, these kinds of mass-produced entertainments, if that's the word, uh, that were means for a mass public to come together in some kind of crude consensus around a, a, an, an, a social ill that would affect, uh, I guess, all of, uh, in this case, America. Um so, um, on Journey of an Estate, I guess you can say that this episode is, is our special episode. Um, and the subject, of course, since this is recording in May 2020, is this virus, the pandemic. Um, however, this is a little bit different. Um, uh, my show is always and has been always will be about the arts and the human spirit and i believe that those the human spirit and the arts will go on no matter what that they are uh totally eternal and that's a i guess that's an that's a faith article of faith on my part i suppose um it's a faith that, that I have. I hope some of our listeners share that. Um, but in that spirit, I thought it would be really uh, great to get a, a sort of a snapshot of where artists are in their lockdown, um, what they're doing during this time when there are a lot of instances they're having to stay at home or having to stay indoors. Um, and... uh you know, I thought it'd be nice to hear from the artists themselves in their own words, um, and of course, from a, a hopefully a um, a pretty diverse bunch of people. Um, it's not many, but I call this kaleidoscope of soul, souls, and kaleidoscope, of course, is a is a very ancient word, actually, um, as it goes back uh, to the ancients. Even though it also has a uh, a history of a term having to do with color refraction and um, different shards of color uh, that are combined together, and I and I got the idea of a kaleidoscope of souls because I think in human life we each of us are um, parts, a refraction of color, different colors um, that, in a way, we we are um, separated from. Each other in our individuality, but um, nevertheless, we're all human, and we form a kaleidoscope. And this is a kaleidoscope. I'm calling this kaleidoscope episode, and uh, just give everybody ten minutes, fifteen minutes, maybe twenty, and people talking. And I guess this is my portion. Since I'm the host, uh, Mitch Hampton, and I, um, you know, basically during this time, I've been indoors a lot, and I've been doing my music. Um, and I've been doing, um, writing one piece of music right now, which uh, takes up a lot of uh, my composing time. That is, I promise, hoping it will be a long work, a larger work. Um, perhaps a half hour in length with many different movements and and um, I've been working a lot on that of course I've been working on this podcast which continues um, but everybody's of course uh, brings their individual temperament and character and uh, nature to this shared um, um, this shared uh, event, which uh, in, in many respects is a uh, is catastrophic and nightmarish, um, and very serious, most serious. Um, yet everybody again brings their own their own style to this uh, thing that we are all forced into sharing. Uh, that's all I have to say myself. Um, I look forward to hearing all the voices edited together. Um, everybody involved in this has uh, many interesting things to say, and valuable things to say, I believe. Even if it's somebody talking about doing artwork in their kitchen, which I think one person, uh, a couple of people mentioned, or if it's just somebody expressing their need to walk in the woods or go outside and how that's brought them some kind of um, sanity or maybe even more, more than sanity. Um, everybody's different and I hope that difference comes out in this episode. And um, uh, I hope uh, that um, the end result will be something valuable to listen to now and the future as well. All right. Thank you. And it's the kaleidoscope of souls. Hope you enjoy it. Hello. Is this uh, Hannah? This is, this is Hannah. Yes. Hannah. This is Mitch Hampton from journey of an Esthete podcast.
1: Hi Mitch.
0: Hello. And um, you're going to be part of a uh, sort of, I call it a kaleidoscope of souls episode. Mm-hmm. And um wanna make sure I get the pronunciation of your last name. Okay, yes. it's
2: Hannah
0: um, Let me let me ta- Sharafian. Shiro- I was gonna say Sharafian. So it's Hannah Sharafian. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh we are talking to you, I believe, in the epicenter of what everybody what's going on now. Because you yes. are yes. Mm-hmm, because you are in New York City, Manhattan no less.
1: Um, I'm in Brooklyn, but yeah, Oh okay. Brooklyn. A, There's not much of a difference at right, this right. point in terms
0: of. <laughs> oh, of course! <laughs> Where I, I didn't mean- Yeah. My brain was sort of being uh, a lot of a lot of our brains are kind of freezing up from time to time these days. I think, um, and we could talk about that. But um, uh, really, it's really a, an honor and pleasure to have you speaking to us from Brooklyn, New York, uh, at this time in April. And I, what, uh, there's two, I guess there's two things we can talk about. Um, we could talk about what the, what you're going, what's going on there directly. Now you are, I believe you're an actor and a writer, correct?
1: Uh, yes, yes, I am. And I think in terms of theater, I think everything right now is very much still an open question. I mean, I think Broadway, for at least through midsummer, is shut down. A lot of summer seasons have been called off, but I think there's a lot of figuring out what's going to happen instead, how auditions work instead. So it's been it's been a period of pretty rapid um, transition where you're just kind of always, I guess, like flexibility is a big part of what's happening on everyone's side. I think both this creators and actors and producers and directors I think everyone's just kind of trying to figure out not only when but how everything is going to be starting up again um but I don't really know how much to say about that because it feels like it's still such um such an uncertain thing um without really anything concrete to hold on to necessarily
0: well, that's a, that's a good beginning for our, our, our uh, what will be probably too brief a discussion. Um, I'm not an expert on your work, unfortunately. Um, that's what,
1: all right. What, I'm not either.
0: Well, what, what what I do know is that you're you're a Mary you're in, in, doing a project on a Mary Shelley, so you're you're yes, so, sure. sort of a Mary Shelley scholar. Um. um
1: yes. Yeah. I think um, it's been that's been an interesting process. This is my first time writing anything based on an actual person. And I actually, um, I kind of took hold of, there's this Henry James um, quote when he was writing the aspirin papers. He wrote, I love um, the
0: aspirin papers. It's one of my top. Go ahead. it's,
1: It's a, it's a veiled reference to Percy Shelley. I mean, he's made the poet American, but it's still very much him and, Claire Claremont, who's a figure in Shelley and um, Mary Shelley's life, but he talked about kind of this point where you learn enough about a person but no more because eventually what you're doing is you're not writing a biography, you're writing a piece of fiction Mm. and you're telling a story and you have to hit this point where you know the story that you've seen in this person's life that resonates with you, that you want to tell, and you kind of ask their permission and maybe their forgiveness, if you think, um, and you go ahead with that. And so it was a period of very intense research followed by writing, and those two things stayed pretty separate. And then now gearing up towards the like final editing, and getting towards more of, an idea of performance, the research starts to come back into play and you kind of, I can a little more marry those things, but it was a very conscious effort to figure out what the story being told is. Because I mean, even Mary Shelley wrote biographies constantly and she's kind of famous or infamous for um, doing an annotated work Where uh, or an annotated version of Percy Shelley's poems that kind of rewrote his life,
2: which Mm.
1: solidified him in people's minds as this kind of fairy-like figure that we see today. So she's also someone who very much created people through biography and altered things and left things out and elided history for reasons that were, I think, understandable and complex and maybe neither right nor wrong, but... um, made me really interested then to see, like, to explore her life and see what else was
3: there.
0: So I I guess you're able to, I hope you're able to work on this project currently in, in your home there or your apartment, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think, um, I mean, the nice thing in a way about writing is it can be done anywhere, it can be done Ideally, at a certain point, you have people that you're working with, and um, you can have a more collaborative process, but, yeah, there's always things to work on. I think the question is just now, like, when it can advance past just being something that exists kind of alone, and... um, that was something that er- that that time frame I think has been pushed back and will be a little more of an open question now. but yeah, I think the thing about creativity is that you can be like you can be creative and you can create anywhere at any time in theory. And one of the things that actually has been really interesting about going back to this um, Mary Shelley and her life right now is she's someone who actually really struggled to work when she was unhappy she really she had um very severe issues with depression and she also had i mean a very difficult life and a lot of loss in it and she Mm -hmm. often ended up in these situations where she was incredibly isolated and shut off from people that she knew and cared about and those Mm -hmm. were not periods where she was writing those weren't Periods where these, I mean, for all that Frankenstein and many of her other books have this kind of intense loneliness in them, and it would seem maybe like those were coming out of very dark times, she couldn't write during those times, really. she Anything that she would write was biography or history. Um, so I think this idea of creation during periods of, difficulty or isolation. I think there's this pressure that gets put on us um, that because these are things that can be done alone and don't require anything. There's this idea that I've certainly had and I'm dealing with where things can continue just as before. We have all this time. We have Mm -hmm. all of this um, free mental space right now, potentially that we don't normally have. And I think I've been really aware of kind of like looking at Mary Shelley as an example of it doesn't always work that way. And that's also okay. And that's also, I think the idea of adversity creates art is something that while it can be um, sometimes inspiring and helpful can also be this trap where Mm -hmm. you expect people to rise above a circumstance Mm -hmm. um, when that might not be fair or possible. Um,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So yeah, with both things, I guess both things being sure that this is a time that is, I think for some people, a real gift of space in a very strange time. And also that, it's not
0: as straightforward as just, you
1: have the time, now go create. Um, yeah. If well, that makes me sense. It makes
0: a lot of sense. I mean, of course, anything that adds burden to people is not really such a great thing. Um, yes. I mean, it's just, uh, it's interesting. I, I don't mean to change the subject too too much, but it, when you're talking about Mary Shelley, my last encounter with her work was in 1987. I mean, serious encounter in terms of real in-depth, like what you're talking about.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was at New England Conservatory of Music. And I, one of my mm-hmm. mentors there in the humanities was a woman named Sandra Joshel. And I took woman studies with her at that time, also a basic literature class of some kind. She would invent her own uh-huh. classes. And one of the books she assigned was The Last Man yeah yes. which is a, which seems a very appropriate text for now in a way I don't know what you think about that but uh, I, think,
1: I think so I think one of the things that makes it especially interesting right now actually is one of the I mean obviously there's the the main premise of the last man is this kind of the extinction of humanity through disease and it's a it's a post-apocalyptic plague novel of a kind but I think the thing about it that I've always found especially interesting is that it's also about more than that kind of the destruction of this society and like intellectual circle that Mary Shelley was a part of it's very thinly veiled if, if, I mean, really just changed slightly in name um, versions of Shelley and Byron, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, the main character is considered to be a version of Mary Shelley. But the society that they've created, which is in theory the society that um, all of them were kind of arguing for and fighting for, is the thing that kind of goes sour and collapses. Mm-hmm. So I think. Right, that idea of you think you have this thing that's working and you kind of see through this outside force, which is um, actually in that case and in this uh, disease, you kind of see these holes in this thing that you thought was very solid. And I think she, um, she and her stepsister Claire both kind of came out of that Time, the, that, that that intellectual circle with um, some they weren't able to hold on to that idealism and I think Mary tried much harder to mm-hmm. um, but you see at the last man that as much as she might have professed to continuing to be a part of that and hold on to that she had some very severe doubts and Claire meanwhile just went completely off she wrote actually, she started writing a, um, I believe it was an autobiography that was only recently kind of uncovered in the New York Public Library, where she just had extremely negative, like vitriolic descriptions of Shelley and Byron and the society as this thing that kind of like ate people up and spat them out. Um, So I think that the disease element as obvious of a parallel as it is and um as like i think the the thing that has really been compelling me about that book which is a it's a a strange book i believe it was actually her favorite
0: yes Um, absolutely definitely
1: not yeah but it's the kind of yeah just the disillusionment of it while simultaneously kind of idolizing the individuals is just it's a very strange and unusual thing that's like holding a lot of parts together. And I think that while we're in the middle of this, it's kind of hard to see exactly what's going to play out at the out at the end. I don't think we're gonna end up in a last man situation. That's not where we are but I is the the question of what comes up after is one that she didn't really deal with that I think we
0: will. Huh. And what, what would that be? I think,
1: well, I mean, I think just, I'm not sure. I think like not again, she kind of avoided setting up an alternative by just killing everyone off. I mean, you don't need to change the society if it's just completely destroyed and there's no one left to do anything else. And I think,
2: right.
1: um, there's a there's a hope here. Ideally, I mean, one always wants to kind of hope for things of maybe being able to say, "Oh, that didn't work," or "These things didn't work. What can we do
0: right.
1: differently? What can change? What?" Or just emotionally, I think it's a global shift. And I, I don't know, and I don't want to be over optimistic or sound like I I know what I'm talking about when I don't. But I do think that that's a question that was not, she really wasn't someone who looked to the future much. I think she was very much trying to survive her present.
2: And I think
1: um, this is a situation where I think we we will have a point where we are looking to the future. And I think she has a lot of side to the the state of being a human in the moment but not I wouldn't look to any of her works for where we're going next
0: right well I mean there's many I mean it's really uh to me I'm really uh have a lot of gratitude that you took time to discuss these her and these things in the midst of what's going on and, and doing it from Brooklyn New York it's a uh, really kind of a gift gift from my point of view and it's um uh it really couldn't be more important what we're talking about um i think uh are are you when you and i guess you're in lockdown or you're at home are you working i mean just just to, just to say before we have to go unfortunately um this all too brief discussion are you also going to be performing this play or are you or are you
1: Yes, at some point in the future. Like in
0: the I future, said,
1: I yeah. I, yeah, this spring was supposed to kind of be the time when I would be doing, like, more workshops and putting it in front of other people and potentially, like, I, I mean, at this point, it, like like, producing some sort of, like, smaller production just because there's so much that you can do alone, but there's always, I mean, theater is about the audience as much as anything. And you mm. you can't really know what you've made until you have that you have that part in place. So I think that that part has obviously been put on indefinite hold. I, it's a chance to kind of get to know it more, figure out more what it's going to be. But um, yes, there will be at some point performance at some point in the future um as yet unknown um and kind of indefinitely postponed
0: yeah i mean i'm just really excited when when someone like yourself is doing a project like this where they're where they're acting in it and they're writing it and there's there's so much to it and as i said the topic is so important i mean mary shelley is is really a really a, a, a real important figure in, in art history and in, in, in um, literature and and all sorts of things. And um, I want yeah. to. Th- mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I just, I think it's not something I ever saw myself doing. This was very much a situation where it was project driven rather than something that. I'd ever seen coming for myself. Like I hadn't really seen myself as the kind of like person who would create a show for themselves and then write it and produce it. I think it's very much, I just felt every time I saw anything about Mary Shelley, I just felt like things were missing. And eventually I realized, well, if you feel so strongly that those things are missing, maybe you need to go and put those, like make the version that has what you think needs
0: to be said. Um, Absolutely. So that's Yeah. Well, well, Hannah, I but... think you, I thank you again for this time. And is there anything before of is there anything before you go you want to say about anything that comes into your consciousness? It could be about this or something else or anything that
1: Oh. No, I can't think of anything right now. Thank you so much for um reaching out and this is I think a very interesting time and I'm so I'm so curious to hear what everybody has to say and mm-hmm. um what you come up with. So thank you so much.
0: Well well thank you, Hannah, and and, and, and be be safe.
1: Thank you, you as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Bye-bye. Uh, Tyler Bejoin. Uh we are joined uh today by Tyler Bejoin on our kaleidoscope of souls. Uh for the uh journey of an aesthetic podcast. And uh this is a a a special episode hearing from different voices during this um world historic event or crisis or catastrophe as the case may be um and different people are going to be talking and expressing what's going on in their immediate environment and above all in their Immediate artistic process, whatever it may be, and can talk, kind of talk about it. So, what what's going on at the moment over there? You're in Watertown, Cambridge, correct?
4: Watertown, Massachusetts. Yeah,
0: Watertown, Massachusetts. Excuse me, uh, which is very close to Cambridge. But you, uh, what's the mood there in the in the street or in the house or? or... Well.
4: Uh... People are responding to it differently mm-hmm. you know, there, there, there are those who are taking it seriously who are uh, wearing masks and um, uh, am, am I on speaker? it sounds like my uh my voice is being echoed back like uh, the no there's chamber. no there's no
0: speaker i don't i can't i don't know is it I mean I can hear you clearly, but it's it, maybe it'll be a little reverb, probably okay um,
4: well yeah the the feeling on the street here is you know some people. Everyone's responding differently to it, I guess. I mean, I'm I'm doing my best to to stay put, stay at home here, yeah. and uh, calling on all my faculties of, you know, kind of trying to cope with what's happening. Yeah. But um, I've, I've luckily we we have the good word from Anthony Fauci to tell us what's what.
0: Yeah, you're following the the doctor. Uh, the good doctor. The good know? doctor. Fauci, and I guess Randy Newman has sent his uh, PSA now, where he he made up a song on the spot talking about you know not touching your face and and your oh, yeah. and your loved ones <laughs> at, at, at home. So um, I know that, uh, but I wanted you to me. Ma- I guess I I wanted you to talk about what you were doing in this time. I think you're you're doing some different kinds of things other than songwriting or singing or.
4: Well, I've I've been doing that too, but uh, I've also been working on this this movie script. Um, okay, and and it's it's about uh, these this 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 woman who returns back to the school she went to to college in and had the an affair with this kind of teacher's assistant who worked there, and mm-hmm. this guy is kind of a, an unrepentant jerk. But they have kind of one night where they uh, encounter each other for. The first time in a while Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i've been trying to write that
0: well that's certainly a very uh, some would say explosive um indeed i i guess timely or timeless i guess uh narrative narration but but uh yeah
4: yeah I, i mean there's there's a kind of uh comic brutality to a lot of what happens in the script so far and it's uh it's uh, less to do with with a uh, i guess uh, a, a realism as to what would happen in those situations and, and more just kind of uh almost like a hyperbolic uh you know in in a way uh, extravagant kind of dialogue but that in itself isn't too far off from the way a lot of friends of mine who I met uh, at college, tend to speak and uh, behave
0: around one another. Um, so, yeah. so you're saying you're saying there's an influence of uh, Simon's Rock, the school, which is also a. Yeah, I guess that's a school that uh, attended by two of your favorite filmmakers, the. Uh,
4: Coen brothers. The yeah. Coen
0: brothers, and uh, you've mentioned that before. But uh, did you want to re- read something from the screenplay? I know there's some, there's a lot of dialogue in it, and it's. Uh...
4: Well, I'll read uh, a monologue that. This, this character kind of uh, gives uh, – in the middle of it, um, he's kind of like a Greek chorus to what's happening with these two characters mm-hmm. uh, in this bar in this bar room. He, he kind of – this dude in sunglasses just kind of shows up out of nowhere and uh, gives this, this speech to the woman,
2: mm-hmm.
4: uh, the character, the character uh, Nicole. And his the character's name is Dan Sunshine, which is uh the real name of or the assumed name of a friend of mine
0: in real life. Well that's a dan that's a Dan Sunshine someone we both know. Uh oh, yeah. back when I lived in Boston, I guess I knew him from Pete's Coffee. because mm-hmm. um, he I think he worked at Pete's, but I don't but I guess he's since moved on to other things. But he has quite a name, Dan Sunshine, and he I have to say that he lives up to his name in certain certain respects. So yeah, so just just imagine a kind of uh, tall,
4: lanky fella in sunglasses coming in out of the blue to give this speech of to read to you here. He says, Hey, lady, what's your name? Nicole? That's a very pretty name. They call me Dan Sunshine. And I'll tell you one thing, Mama, that sunshine is referring to the eternal light. I know you think that man over there ain't so hot, but forgiveness is a sweet thing, my dear. I learned that too late. Once I was engaged to a woman... And I found out that she was cheating on me with a fellow named Reggie. I parked my van outside their place huh. when they were getting down. And I sat there for a few hours. I was so mad that I didn't know what to do. When Reggie came out of my old lady's house, I was ready to kick his butt. Then it occurred to me, I got to forgive this man. Reggie is like you or me. He screws up from time to time. And he's a braggart and uh, can be a jerk. But he's my brother. And that is the truth. So be easy on him. And be easy to the man who screwed up because he needs some affection, can you dig? Now I gotta go. I gotta go play some pinball with my buddy Albert. Uh hey Phil, get this lady some
0: nachos. I'll see you later. All right. Bye. Huh. <laughs> well, wow. that's uh that's quite a speech. Um get, I like, like this. I like the, the part the, about giving the, uh, the nature give, of forgiveness. Yeah. Giving her some nachos. Well that forgiveness that reminds me of uh Alan Garfield dying at, at eighty today or yesterday. The actor. Oh uh, Alan Garfield. Oh wow. Oh you didn't know that. Okay, so um sometimes he as an actor he would make these entrances. Um, although you know these kind of in- entrances that are almost a little bit dubious or sinister sometimes, right? Or funny. Mm.
4: But, oh, your, yeah. but
0: your Dan Sunshine character is a whole different. That's a whole different kind of chorus. A whole different. Um, it's very, uh, very interesting. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a it's a tough
4: thing writing dialogue, man, because you you yeah. know, it's like uh, people talk in different ways, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's <laughs> it's a uh, you kind of got to think about what what serves to, to move the plot along and, uh, what, what, what hopefully isn't, um, you know, and, and, uh, what's, what's interesting for the viewer. Mm-hmm. But I'm just trying to write, uh, for a kind of film that I would, uh, enjoy yep. checking
0: out, you know?
4: Yeah. That's it does sound like the kind of, it
0: do. does sound like some of the kind of movies we would probably, probably be seeing in the theater yep. back when there were, the, back when that was a thing that you would go in a darkened room with other people and, and look at something
4: that that that's a that's a very pre-corona concept it's a very it's a very
0: analog and very pre-corona experience but um but uh so so i guess for you it's not really a stretch i mean i know that you do you you write a lot of lyrics and a lot of songs and you're pretty prolific um but uh, would you say that you're you're um Writing a screenplay is is in some way connected to those other projects in a way. No. Oh yes. Yeah.
4: Well. Yes. You know the, We're talking about um, how there are some songwriters who can kind of uh, improvise a lot with their lyrics, and some some who just kind of always stick to what the song is uh, as it was originally written. And I've I've always been someone who's, who's kind of liked to to play around with uh, uh, the original song and you know replace some phrases with others. And, I, and I'm wondering if if I, if I have to get a get chance to make this film, if I'm going to um, be one of those people who can improvise as the movie goes along, kind of rewrite, or if everything needs to be done as written, because, you know, you, you pointed out to me that people think all, you know, Casavetti stuff was improvised, but that wasn't the case at all. You know, it was all, it was all preplanned and written down.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a difficult uh uh question when you when you know about a movie but you only know it from the outside and looking at it. That's very different than if you do like a research into the, the production history of something or how it was made. And you know, that's a that's you know, there's there's benefits to both. I mean there's benefits to not knowing a lot about something and just experiencing it. Yeah. And but there's also benefits to being an expert on something and getting becoming knowledgeable about a thing. They both they both have their their virtues, I guess. Um is there anything you want to say to people about your experience there in Massachusetts at this particular time or uh, any about the scripture writing or any any um anything that comes to comes to mind in your consciousness?
4: Uh well, you know, I was just been thinking about uh in, in regards to um not my script, but, uh, but music and just uh, how important it is, I think for, uh, a, a writer or performer to have an audience to sort of test his, uh, or, or uh, material out in front of, you know, this, like, like how much can we gain from, from just playing in front of, uh, an audience. And that's one thing that's, uh, I, I really miss right now is kind of not knowing when, uh, I can be able to play with my band again. And, uh, And kind of uh, you know play these these new songs I've been writing.
0: Yeah, well, that's uh, I know that you just celebrated a birthday, and uh, I know that your birthday concert was canceled because of this. uh, What's going on in the world? Yeah,
4: yeah, uh, that and uh, another gig of mine I had to cancel too. And I, you know, I was I I was kind of in in denial about this whole thing up to that point. I I thought we were going to be able to to carry on, but it was definitely not the case.
0: Well, different people were uh, responding to this at, at different different times. They're at really, like a different timeline. Yeah. Uh, in terms yeah. of where they where they are, but that's what people do in life, anyhow. You know, I mean people yeah. people people are slow and fast, or, or somewhere in between, and they're and they're they uh, they come things with things at different experiences. I mean, I can tell you, being in Watertown is very different than being where I am in Weaverville. North Carolina, I mean, it's just it couldn't be more different. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, mean just,
4: just the fact that you were getting your air conditioning fixed the other day says a lot about the, the <laughs> difference in climate, to say the least.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, that's important here, particularly if you have an 80, de- 80 degrees in the day and, and all that. Did you have an air conditioner repairman come over to your house? Um, yes and no. I mean, yes, yes, they came, but they came in a very specific kind of way, with precautions and all kinds of, yeah. Uh, you know. Were they were, were they wearing masks? Oh yeah, we all are. I mean, the whole world is. I've got my mask, yeah. and 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 you know, I, yeah. I mean, and we, we had to be done a certain way, and I had to leave leave my home, and 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 then come back, and and all that, and and, and I mean, do you really want women to go through? I mean, it's it's just not the most interesting subject to me, but you know, that's. If that's uh...
4: yeah, I, I mean, I had to put on a red bandana as I went to go get some groceries the other day. I yeah. felt like I was casing the joint there. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, you felt like you were you were actually in a scene from Straight Time. Exactly. Yeah, scene <laughs> so from Straight yeah. Time. <laughs> um... uh,
4: I was uh, I was ready to say, you know, give me these bananas, and uh, that's <laughs> the end of the story there. <laughs>
0: Well, it's really yeah, it's really great to hear your voice and hear that you're writing a screenplay. That's really something. I always thought that you uh had it in you to write a film actually and, um Oh, thank you. And that I, I you sort are. of I, what I hear is kind of interesting that this character talks to this woman coming out of a bar and about about the power of forgiveness. I mean, that's a very um that's a very bold move, you know. Uh, yeah,
4: I'm 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 kind of in, interested in uh in, in putting up a character on the screen with this this kind of obnoxious professor guy who's really not likable, but mm-hmm. uh, you're kind of dra- drawn to to watch him anyway. So that's my goal there.
0: Well, you know, people write things in 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 the uh, in the uh, flow of history. And I should say in the throes yeah. of history, because you know, I mean, I, I remember I was rewatching Man Who Fell to Earth uh, earlier this mm. year, and you know, the Rip Torn character in that. Uh, you know, the Reptorian character that has a professor uh, uh who is intimate with his students, right? Uh and kind of some science professor. Oh yeah. Um, and uh in that film and and Reptorn really, really relishes playing that role and, and and then um uh but it's it's a small part of the film. It's maybe ten minutes of the film and people discuss it. And then you know, Reptorian goes out to the desert and gives up that life of, I guess, hedonism or life of um that kind of life. Uh, I don't know what what, what you call it. I'm trying to be neutral in my description, if that's possible. And 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 and, um, but I'm just thinking, you know, the the point of view of people in 1974 regarding that as a character would be very different than today. Of course, uh, in other words, it would have it would be t- treated differently. I guess in the way Nicholas Rogue treats it, or I mean, Nick uh, treated it. And, um, and of course, Rip Torn is such a great actor, and um, you know, we lost him this year too. But but I guess did, you're writing yeah. a film about a about a teacher, and I guess a professor and a student, right? And so that's um, yeah, yeah.
4: Although it should be noted that that the professor uh, is um, is is kind of still a, a, a guy in his kind of early thirties, mm-hmm. uh, late twenties. So he's so he's uh, I would say about five or six years older than the uh, uh, the female protagonist of the film. So. Yeah. Well, which, is, which which is would which, you say different than uh you know a, a 70-year-old guy uh, <laughs> starting yeah. an affair with a with a 20-year-old
0: so sure i mean but. that's uh that's um, i mean that's a, of course that's a uh I, I just made me think of uh, different treatments of that in in prose and in film over the years and and how people would regard it differently um, not that the, the act is different. Of course, that's a separate question of whether in fact it is different or the same. I mean, things are what they are. Uh, but of course, things are taken more seriously and with more urgency at, at one time than another time. Yeah. And, you know, and that's uh, – some, some would say that's a form of progress, you know. Uh, but, you know, that's – my interest, of course, of this podcast is the fact that you're actually writing this thing during lockdown, right, or during – during this virus time, COVID nineteen, and of course you're writing a screenplay. And that's great to to hear that you're doing that, and I'm happy. Well, you... you know, yeah,
4: you know, I'm 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 kind of curious about other people's experiences of uh, what's happening right now because yeah. it's uh you know I have I have ways uh, to kind of uh, focus my my attentions and energies into uh, into you know writing the script and 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 uh, other things there, uh, and I just, I just hope. Uh, People can can find outlets for this kind of uh, time that's been, uh, yeah, you know, in lockdown.
0: Yeah, well, I've got my my Steinway grand here, and I'm I'm writing a, a multi movement uh, piece. Uh, it's a serious piece of music, but the title is uh, all dressed up with no place to go, and it's a, it's a, it's it's several movements, and it's wow. Gonna, yeah, that's the only thing I'm writing. I've suspended other things. I think there's one other thing. There is one other thing I have to finish based on a hymn, but that's fairly—that's more straightforward. But yeah, so that's what I've been doing. But I'm, I don't think I'm going to write a song called "Flatten the Curve." You
4: know? Yeah. Well, you know, you you need a, a mini moog synthesizer. I would need, for yeah, that. I would need I don't a know mini moog. Yes, around. I would
0: need a mini moog synthesizer and and a kind of a Larry Carlton on electric guitar or something, and and, and Will <laughs> oh, and Will Lee and Will Lee on bass or. <laughs> Or Steve Gatt on drums. They could they could be a group. Steve Gatt. <laughs> yeah, playing flatten the curve, you know. Well, Tyler, thanks, yeah, for, you know, thanks I, for your time on a, a journey of an Esthete, and uh, keep us posted on the film or whatever else is important to you to discuss. Yeah, it was a pleasure hearing from you, Mitch. Yes, thank you, and wa- wash your hands as they say, and um, listen to a doctor, um, the good doctor, Doctor Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci. All right, thank you. Thank you. Jane LaCroix.
3: Hi. It says no call. call. I was figuring no one called me, and we had our plans, so it had to be you.
0: Okay. What do you mean no one called? Well, it's your birthday. You should be getting a lot of, um, in theory, you should be getting a lot of.
3: Well, hopefully. I mean, I honestly hate my birthday. Oh,
0: really? It's not
3: advertised, so hopefully. I mean, I'm getting lots of texts and calls. Yeah. But not calls. I mean, I really actually hate when people call me. And I think,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, I feel like the phone is from another era and that we don't use the phone anymore. And whenever anyone calls me, um, like right now, you have a purpose. Like we're doing – this is a different thing. And, of course, yeah. there's still conversations I need to have. But in general, why would anyone call unless they needed to talk to you that minute or you had a plan to talk?
2: Uh-huh. But,
3: like, that, you know – phones are so they inter they're
0: so interruptive you know yeah well this is journey of an esthete and eugene lecoy or um, one of the guests on our episode uh which i'm calling
3: yes i love the episode thank uh,
2: you
0: i'm calling a kaleidoscope of kaleidoscope of souls and you're one of the souls that's on on this episode uh because you are in the episode oh, cool. you are in the epicenter of what the world is going through because you're in you're in New York City, right? You're in Manhattan. In Manhattan, as definitely. we as we speak, and you're probably on your rooftop, or maybe not. We could talk about that. Well, but...
3: it's windy. It's windy and cold. So you know, spring in New York is pretty much freezing. So this is a, a a cold spring day, but the leaves are blooming. It's been cloudy mostly. Sometimes the sun comes out a little bit. Um. I'm not really a big fan of spring. I really mm-hmm. think spring is just winter with a little bit of makeup on, and it's really <laughs> not enough for me.
0: Well, so, I mean, you and I both—you and I both love the summer. That's true. Um, yeah, or
3: summer, summer, fall person.
0: Um, spring not. Spring. But I just wanted to get your thoughts and your consciousness about where you are at this moment in New York, in the place that the whole world is is watching. I guess they used to say back in the day. Maybe they still say things like that. I don't know. But um, you, what, what you're doing in terms of your poetry or anything else or what your family's doing or what's going on? or
3: um, Well, everyone is working really hard to keep up their Pollyanna attitude that things are going to be fine, but uh-huh. everyone's freaking out. We're mm. really staying in our homes. There's definitely a lot less traffic. Mm-hmm. During the day, you see a lot of people taking walks, but they are staying six feet apart. Yeah. Um, this week, everyone started wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't wear a mask, you kind of get, like, uh, an evil eye from people. The social distancing is taken very seriously. Stores yeah. have chalk marks or spray paint outside of them six feet apart. They yeah. only let ten customers into a store at, the t- at a time. The headlines every day, which I think we all share all across the country, don't seem like they're from real life. They seem like they're from a plot in a science fiction Dystopian right. future movie or novel, yeah. and um, yeah, I mean, I think everyone's just trying to hold it together. Right. We're all getting used to working from home and learning how to use Zoom. It's like everything <laughs> is through the computer now.
0: Well, I was going to ask, ask you about that because you're 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 one of the people actively using Zoom in your teaching. You did that yesterday, right? Yes. When and yes, I was wondering how how many. I was wondering how the students are responding to that or not or how, that, how that's what that's like I and mean, if you could speak for a few minutes on that. Yes. The that's interesting. The students
3: love to connect. They really miss the social aspect of school. And while school has moved online the way regular classrooms are in New York City, there's usually 32 kids in a class and that is too big to Zoom. You can't really have a good session with that many little squares on the screen, mm-hmm. or manage everyone's voices. So, uh, my kids' schools there are really no things like Zoom for mm-hmm. regular school.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But um, you know they're getting worksheets, and the the teachers have quote unquote office hours where you can like huh. chat with them. Yeah. But there's not there's no class interaction. There's no class discussion. My classes I teach poetry at an after school program. Um, In the community, my classes are about 10 kids, which is perfect for a Zoom session. And it's very manageable, a much different number than 32. And also, my class, everyone wants to be there. You know what I mean? It's like a a choice. It's not like school where every kid has to be there. So I have a group of um, cooperative, a small group of cooperative kids that want to be there. So, you know, it makes Zoom a pleasurable, you know, interaction. And my students are just so lonesome and love seeing each other's faces. I thought it would be terrible and they would hate it. Mm. But it turns out they're all home and they treasure the the, the time we have. You know, our Zoom meeting schedules are the highlights of their lives. I mean, I'm getting emails from parents all the time saying, this Zoom class is saving my kid's life. Wow. Me and um, Ruther, she's the one who runs and invented Uptown Stories, the organization where I teach, which is where professional artists and writers work with kids. Uh, and it's like all different types of writing. It's like there's, you know, comic, comics, mm-hmm. journalism, script writing, you know, it's like all different art forms of writing. We thought that Uptown Stories might go under. Like we were like, oh, no, mm-hmm. like this is going to kill us. But it's, it hasn't at all. Like, the kids really want to continue online. We've switched our classes. We used to meet once a week for two hours. Ooh. Now we meet twice a week for one hour because mm. we are sitting at a computer, and the kids actually want to see each other more. Nice. For a lot of kids that are actually only children, it's, you know, they can FaceTime with a friend or two or whatever. But that experience of a group sharing ideas and having a discussion that they're used to at school and, you know, they all admit they took for granted. Uh, you know, they they love that they get to have that um, on zoom. So it is a great tool. I definitely don't prefer it to yeah. in person, but yeah. um, it's awesome that we can do this. And, uh, and I, I, I appreciate this tool that the pandemic has revealed
0: yeah, uh, well, it's it's great hearing about uptown stories because that's definitely one of the things you're doing during this time. Which yeah, is what? Why...
3: My, so my job transitioned to be online. So that's I have a bunch of different jobs, but my main job is teaching writing, and I was able to transition that to work from home. So instead of teaching at the classroom that I used to have, I teach from my bedroom. <laughs> that's and that fantastic. In, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. So, what, uh, as far, well, also Uptown Stories, as you said, is something that's chosen, I guess, by the kids and their family or their parents. Yeah. Or the, so that's a, that's it, yeah. puts it in a it's class, good. that puts it in, pun intended, a class by itself. Um, True. And that it's True. chosen.
3: It is a, uh, it's, it's not for profit. It's pay what you can. So it's totally open. Anyone can take it. You could take classes for a $1 dollar or a hundred dollars, whatever you want to pay. So it's it's accessible for everyone in the community, and I definitely live you know Manhattan. So every economic bracket is right you know within stone's throw. So um, it's an organization I'm really proud to be a part of. It's really great. Uptownstories.org. Look us up. Make a donation.
0: Well, the other aspects of your life now, I guess you describe reading the. I guess you describe reading the headlines is being a, like yeah. a, like a like a kind of a, a, a work of fiction rather than the, what people think of as reality, particularly today because they were talking about building mass graves in new york i don't, I don't think uh, yeah that's quite a thing to discuss or see in your headline of your of your news feed
2: it
3: is uh, i mean these the bizarre headlines that I just can't believe are real, yeah. like that like mass yeah. graves uh, in in the Bronx yeah for temporary burial of the or You know, that New York City ran out of body bags.
0: Yeah. Well, that was, that was like, yeah,
3: that's insane. You never think you're going to read that. It sounds um, impossible.
0: Well, there, there is a, a profound disconnection between the world. There's always a tension between the world that we imagine and the world that we're actually living in. What I mean, imagination and reality, I'll call it that, right? And so some right. people ima- can imagine things really terrible, uh, and so maybe the terrible thing w- that they imagine won't happen, and the reality is much better than their imagination. So that that's a kind of attention, right, uh, between yeah. their imagination and reality. But then it can be the other way. You could be, as you said, po- you said people are Pollyannish. I've I've uh, since this this virus has occurred, I've talked to more people who are optimists. And right. for, and from we my well, well, hold, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know if we have to be. But hold on, they've been very. Uh, people have been to me. To me, this is my opinion and experience. It doesn't have to be anybody else's experience. They've been kind of aggressive about their optimism, which to me is kind of off-putting because philosophically, I'm actually a pessimist. In okay. f- full disclosure, um, which is a which is not an easy thing to be at this time. Actually, you might think, oh well. Being a pessimist, you must, must be prepared for this. But actually, you know it, it, what it does is it puts you in conflict with all the millions of optimists who have to be optimists or you know, whatever. Um, so, because well, I, I have a minority,
3: meant by saying we have to be Pollyanna yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, it's it's you know there's not room for pessimism because it's too dangerous. Because we actually are in such a dark time. Oh, of course, but I, I want to make, make... Focusing ver- on the darkness is, uh, is actually dangerous
0: for the well, psyche of everyone. Oh, sure, but I want to make very clear. I mean, pessimism is very misunderstood. Um, in other words, pessimism actually doesn't even mean thinking negative thoughts, actually, at all. Pessimism is sort of a theory... you mean it, skepticism? I mean, pessimism philosophically is a position about history. It's it's connected to the tragic, and it's connected to the fa- it's actually connected to the cycle of life, that things rise and fall, and they're born and they, they die, so so it's that kind of pessimism. It isn't negative thinking. So in other words, and, and of course, uh, sometimes pessimists can be quite uh, optimistic in a way. Um, so these words, of course, it's it's a it's a semantic thing, I guess. It doesn't really matter, but uh, but I but I I found personally. Uh, that people are kind of aggressive about who they are um, in a way they were not in an ordinary time or a pre – in other words, people's personalities are coming coming out more strongly. And um, maybe that well, has – Well, I
3: think all of the things we had that defined us are taken away. Right. So we have to forge it in this new environment through yeah. words, really. I mean, right. that's what we have right now. Yeah, And so, yeah, we are being aggressive to keep our edges because sure. our days are blending into one another. It's like one crazy long day. Yeah. What, what does it matter now? I mean, me and you making these plans, what's the difference between Monday and Sunday now and <laughs> right. Friday, right. you know, it's like Tuesday, Saturday, nothing means anything. Everyone's mm-hmm. either working all the time in the medical world mm-hmm. or they're at home piecing together weird versions of what their job used to be. It's, you know, we're, we're grasping at a, a new paradigm that we haven't created yet. And we are, you know, trying to use the edges and borders of our old world to make this new one. And it's not, um, it doesn't feel safe. And I feel like that's why people are being aggressive in, who they are and their optimism. I mean, for me, my so much of my life is band practice, yeah, and performing and supporting my friends' shows and and yeah. doing live performances. The fact that that's all gone is like devastating. I'm so sad. Yep, I need that kind of attention.
0: Yeah, I am. One of, I'm
3: a real extrovert. I want that's to be right. out there making friends, and I am an exhibitionist, and I want yeah, some you attention. Well,
0: you and I are actually have. A couple of things in common, and that's one of the things we bond. We're actually alike in that, you know. I, I, did, I didn't start playing what? the piano to sit in a in a basement, and you know, I, I was a chi- I was a child actor in the seventies, and I, lo- I learned how to make people laugh. And so, I definitely have an extroverted, even exhibitionistic part of me. Yeah. I like to show off, and I like to be in public. Oh,
3: absolutely! So, so, and so, just so like how you what, what I, what, mean, what you I was are gonna, incredible yeah. fashion. You are for eyes. You know what I mean? You are definitely yeah. to be out in the world for eyes. I mean, look at you. I've never seen a better dresser in my life. Well, than well, thank
0: you. you, but what what I was trying to get at is that this virus is especially bad for you and I, right? It's not it's the opposite. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we're we're the real we're really in the in the doghouse. Uh, uh There's like
3: no this. one to see our cute outfits.
0: Yeah. I mean, Yeah, it's um <sighs> it's tough.
3: What about you, Mitch? Are you still getting dressed
0: every day? So oh, you yeah. still act
3: like you're going outside, and you get totally dressed
0: every like day, even your
3: shoes.
0: Yes, every day. Wow, yeah. God. I know that's unusual, but I'm, I'm admittedly, hurting. admittedly, I'm I am eccentric in that in that department. Yes. But but I, enough about me. I, I wanted to I wanted to um, ask you about your own poetry, or so. What What does that mean in terms of being this moment? In terms of c- creative things you're you're doing, or, um.
3: Well, I'm envious of everyone talking about the free time they have because I have been having to learn all these new platforms, and I am not very tech savvy it doesn't come easily to me, so when it takes one person like twenty minutes to figure out Zoom and how to set up meetings and how to manage meetings for me, it's taken days right. and just learn you know I've had to learn zoom slack discord. Google meetings, Google classroom, all these things that are not, um, easy for me. So I actually, and I'm in front of a computer all the time and I write at the computer.
0: Right. So you're always in front of that. Yeah.
3: I'm spent. uh, Oh, it's awful. But I have managed, I have managed to write one story. Oh, wow. One short story. A whole story. And I, I, did write, um, I, and I have written poems. Wow! So I mean, I'm still. I always have to write. I mean, it's like it feels like I'm not writing, but I am still writing. Did you get my newsletter last night?
0: I did. I did. Thank you.
3: Okay, good. So you saw there were some poems in there. There were I pandemic did. poems in there that I that I've written since the pandemic.
0: Yeah, I, so I, I, de- I definitely, I definitely saw the the photograph of you with the speaking of the with the with something coming out of your mouth, some kind of a. a, a, a fallout shelter type of image and
3: uh, yes. a gas mask
0: gas mask. That's right. I think you're in you're in a bikini. Uh, it's a, and it's a, I think it's a black and white. Yes.
4: Um,
0: that's very, yep. yeah. So I think, uh, you know, you do what you, you do what you can, uh, in, in, in um, in this moment. Right. So, yep. uh, I think, I think one of the things I'm really thankful is that you, you able to come on like this and talk about what's going on with you and there in New York. And, um, I have a lot of gratitude for, for that. Um, and you know, taking, I know you're, as you said, you're more busy than ever before because you have to learn all these new technologies and it's, it's, um, that, uh, you take the time out. Yeah, to, and there's
3: no boundaries. Like I used to like my time on the train, my commute. I yeah. love the train and, uh, I would be underground and no one could reach me and I would actually have like a solid private yeah. hour right. going to and from wherever I was going where that's when I would do a lot of writing on my phone actually. Just to have well, of course, that kind sure. of in between time taken away.
0: Well, I, 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 it's, I I I will tell hard you hard
3: time making boundaries.
0: I will tell you unequivocally, I have many strong opinions that I most of them I won't share on on my podcast. Not only because they right. may they may be minority opinions or might be controversial, but also because it's not really that important. You know, it's more about the guest. Um, but I, right. but, but I, but I very, um, I think the human, human beings invented society and inventions like privacy and boundaries and sort of a bathroom and bedroom and living room in in a sense, and the clock and the calendar, these are things I very much, yeah. put, these are things that I support. I think those are prog, prog, I think those are progress in human society and I like those things. And so for me to see those things destroyed in some way or evaporated, um, would not be a good thing. But I understand many other right. people. Many other people are very different. They're 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 more traditional or or tribal, and they don't like the modern things. And so, and some of them don't even like think much of privacy. So, people people differ widely on these questions. You know. Yeah. And. Um,
3: Diversity makes the world go round.
0: Yeah, people differ on these questions, and so. Um, I'm just, I guess I'm just seconding what you're saying for me to, to, to blur all these hours and days and night, and that's that's not good for me. I don't like that. In other words, humans humans created certain structures in order to count, counteract that kind of nebulous sort of lack of lack of order or lack of boundary. I mean, humans need both. We need to be wild, but we also need a sense of linear... Um, you know, it's, uh, humans do need both. You can't have just one and, you know you know, kind of thing. Yeah.
3: So. Is that- One other thing that's nice that's happening in New York that I think is happening in other places, but at seven o'clock every night, everyone goes into the streets and hollers and bangs costs and makes oh, a really? lot of noise in appreciation of the healthcare workers that are on the front line.
2: Oh, wow. And
3: people that are working at grocery stores. And I mean, there's yeah. a lot of, you know the, the essential workers basically, and it has mm. been really interesting to see you know who's essential, it's not the CEOs, it's the well, sure,
2: yeah. you know. Yeah. And
3: it's like, I think that that's a good lesson for society that um, those are actually the things that are really important, and that's what we need to take care of. It's, uh, it's a profound lesson we're getting to see, and also how quickly the planet is reacting to our mm. changes, the fact that. Our carbon emissions are so low, and it's had this huge impact. Like in India, that you can see the Himalayas—you know, yeah. um, the city is just that hasn't happened in thirty years. And
0: yeah, that's a big—that's a that's big event.
3: water. Yeah, I mean, all these—it proves that we have the ability to have an impact on the world that that makes it healthier for all of us, and we're at this juncture are we going to choose money and self-destruct or are we going to choose kindness and cooperation and have a different experience than what we've been having in this like hyperdrive capitalistic um world this momentum this this vector world can we it's this is a watershed moment so where are we going to go after this
0: that's that's an excellent That's excellent that you you're sharing that now, and I look forward to. um, Again, I thank you for coming on and expressing your perspective on it. Which uh, thank you for asking, which is which is much much needed, and it and it's going to be part of the the mosaic or kaleidoscope, which will be the episode. So, thank you, Jane Lacroix.
3: I'm looking forward to it,
0: Mitch. And be safe in New York. Uh, New York is uh, the greatest place in the world. Uh, uh yeah, I'll, I'll that say that sure. I say that without reservation and um I don't I don't know if everybody realizes that, but yeah, but um We
3: love this
0: lady. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Goodbye. you, my dear. Bye-bye.
3: Bye
0: bye. Well, bye. Hello Heather Kaplow. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm okay. Uh welcome to Journey of an Esthete. Thank you. And I, I know you from back in the day, I guess in the, in the '00s, because um, I was just I was just saying that I remember I have came across a photograph. I think you it would uh, uh, I think it was you and maybe Tally and maybe you had worked on a film or at the Coolidge Corner Theater. And you you mentioned the Berwick Art, the Berwick, uh, there were all these these things things at yeah. that time. Yeah. And so some of the guests on the show are people I've never met, and some of them are people. Who I I have met, um, and so it's it's a good to have that mixture. But this, of course, is a special episode. I'm calling Kaleidoscope of Souls, and uh, you're a part of it. Well, so, thank you for including me. Is there anything you want to talk about? Because uh, I I was uh, originally uh, I was uh, moved to include you because of uh, this walking project. Uh huh. Did you want to talk about that, or anything else, or? Walking in the time of COVID nineteen is what it
5: says. Yeah. Um, sure, I'm happy to talk about that. I mean, it's 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 uh, right now. It's the basically what I'm doing is sending out every week, usually on a Sunday, but sometimes I'll have another extra one if there's something going on in the world that prompts it. Um, These sort of prompts for people to take walks um, mm-hmm. within the parameters of whatever kind of walking is possible for them right now. Mm-hmm. So for some people. Um, the the group right now has about 250 people Mm -hmm. and they're all over the world. So some people are in situations where they can't, um, leave their homes at all. Um, Mm -hmm. and some are, some have like, I'm in Boston and we're, Mm -hmm. we're encouraged to stay inside, but we're allowed to take walks for exercise or to go Mm get groceries or something like that. So, um, the, the group sort of takes into account that whole range and gives people a prompt every week to to contemplate so that if they're only able to go along a path that they have a lot of experience of, they can sort of see the past differently um, mm-hmm. um, either because of these times or because of, you know, a, a perspectival prompt that I've given them. Um, and then I also make a version for people who can't, they're sick and can't leave bed at all or, um, or can't leave their homes at all. There's so there's usually a way to do the exercise modified for those conditions.
0: So. So that, that's excellent. So that's, a, that's an interactive um, project mm-hmm. that uses the Internet, and it, it's, it's, it's in complete response to where we are right now in, yeah. in history. Now, what would you say uh, the conne- differences or connections or similarities of, of your artistic pra- practice in days past or currently? In other words, what is your experience of changes in your life Either an immediate physical environment in terms of what, you know, comes to mind about that.
5: Yeah. Um, Well, it's sort of an interesting moment for me because I was, I was traveling all of last year for one. I was working on one project for the whole year, which is not something I've ever done before. Wow. Um, So I was not at home at all. And, um, and it feels like, I mean, I was home for maybe two months of the year. And um, so I'm, it's sort of, I got back at the beginning of January and I was sort of like hadn't was kind of recovering and processing and not really not really starting any new projects yet and then this kind of kicked in just at the point where i was about to start i was was supposed to be at a residency right now in st louis actually um so just as as i was about to start thinking about the next thing this hit so i i feel like i've sort of been on on hiatus from making art in a certain way and Mm the the um walking project was more just a way of connecting with people I think and it's Mm -hmm. it's been you know there's only I think of the sort of 250 plus people who are signed up for it only one or two people a week submit back some kind of reflection but it I, I hear from people that it's helping them think about things differently and they're appreciating it even if it's even if they're not submitting anything back. Um, so I guess I would say that right now is just a big moment of rethinking and change for me anyway. I think it might've been, even if this hadn't happened, but this is definitely making me, um, it's giving me pause. (laughs) It's giving everyone pause.
2: Um,
5: and, uh, I guess the, the, that particular project, the walking project, which I don't really think of as mine, it's kind of shared with everyone, but, um. It ha- what it has in common with previous work is, is that I do like to do things collectively as much as possible, I like collaborate as broadly as mm-hmm. possible. Um, and, and everything is about just sort of exercising your mind's capacity to tell a different story about what's going on, um, not just you know a different story one time, but maybe a different story every day if you need to. So it's emphasizing that capacity, I guess, which other projects have done as well.
0: So in that sense, it's it's actually a continuation of of things you've been involved in.
5: Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. You talk about changes. Now, what are some changes – what are some things different in you that you're engaging in either in terms of ideas that you wouldn't have had before or anything else or in terms of uh, anything that comes to mind? Because you're in Boston now. You were going to be in Mm -hmm. Missouri – you were gonna to go to Missouri. Yeah, not for long, just for a few weeks, but yeah.
5: Yeah. Well, not even like twelve days or something. So uh-huh.
0: And that's a that's a very that's a certain kind of life and that's a certain kind of artistic practice that um a person is traveling like that. And it's, it's very mm-hmm. similar actually to to what musicians, some musicians do actually, when mm-hmm. a musician goes on the road or something. It seems similar to that. Um so but you're 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 in I take it you're in Massachusetts now, so um, what are some changes in ideas that you have or had or
5: yeah. well like I said I think I've been sort of I was in a kind of re um, reevaluating or just sort of taking stock moment anyway um, when this started and also in some ways things haven't changed that much for me because I've always worked pretty remotely in order to enable traveling and it's always been very insecure because it's gig work so I'm <laughs> always insecure
2: wow. um,
5: but I think I'm dealing with a lot of I mean, I have a lot of anger at, at, you know, and I'm seeing it through my arts community internationally, but especially mm-hmm. in the US at how badly compared to other countries, artists are being supported through this and, and everyone is being supported, you know, just the healthcare choices. Yeah. So dealing with a lot of anger, I wasn't expecting to deal with around this. Yeah. Um, and because I'm in close contact, I mean, I'm part of I'm having some like giant group Zooms with like 400 people. Wow. Um, Art, artist community wow. folks talking about their experiences, and or smaller ones, of groups of people like you know between twenty and sixty or something. That I'm getting a lot of feedback from around the world about comparative experiences of this, and um, yeah, it's 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 bringing up some kind of anger at how our country's handling some of it. And, um, and then I guess what else is different is I'm starting to think about those technologies, which I've always used for work purposes, but never in a creative environment, and how to huh. sort of use them more creatively and that's been fun. I'm just starting to play with like the capacity to um make a zoom frame into an
0: artistic medium for huh. example yeah. so so that's actually almost like a change in medium,
5: yeah, well, the medium's the same, but the um I mean. I do a lot of stuff that's performance, performative and so, you mm-hmm. know, you can use that space as a stage in a different way or, you know, yeah. so, yeah, um, and I've always used it for just work. I never even thought of it as something I could play with. So that's a positive and interesting thing that's come out of it.
0: Well, in, in that sense, you're, you're, you're a uh, perfect guest for this show because you're, if, you're, if you're talking to 400 people or, or something like that on Zoom – and you're actually in conversation with different artistic institutions or communities around the world, and you're getting feedback about how people feel about what's going on. That's that's actually that's 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 great. That's fantastic. Even if yeah. the reason, even if the intense, reason, intense well, though sometimes hmm? intense. It's intense sometimes. Emotionally intense, yeah. 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 So you you said that you yourself have a lot of anger now. Um, uh, people came into this. Uh, event, um, with all, with different emotional makeups, you know, Uh and, uh, you're, I'm very close to you. I'm not, I'm not such a, uh, how do I put this delicately? I'm, you know, um, I'm someone for whom anger is not a taboo emotion. Yeah. Uh, And so I've always experienced a lot of it in my life. Although of course I do a lot of work, uh, on a daily basis to manage that but i've always been on very comfortable terms with that with that emotion it's been, it's been placed. so it's, it, i often wonder like someone that doesn't have that or someone that develops that later or earlier that's an interesting question isn't it other people other people are at peace in this i talked to one artist who feels peace pe- at peace at not having to deal with agents and the business aspect yeah. so she feels liberated <laughs> she feels liberated from that so she's the, almost the opposite of angry everybody's different yeah. Anyhow, go ahead,
5: yeah, you. and I mean, I have to say, I mean, it's not like I'm expressing this anger. It's, I mean, I probably will express it in an abstract way through a project at some point. But I think right now it's just more, you know, acknowledging the the inequities that this is bringing to the surface yeah. and how sharp they are. And and I feel like it's important to keep them present in conversations, even if I, even if I'm not, you know. I mean, we can't go out in the streets and demonstrate right now, yeah. you know. Um, so even if I'm not um, doing something visible at the surface of my act of my creative activities, um, or, or even social media engagement or things like that, it, it, I'm I'm keeping it in the conversation because I'm really conscious of it.
0: Mm-hmm. What what comes to mind are some things people have said uh, in in one of these Zoom conferences? Something that will stay with you that a person has reported or a person has said.
5: Yeah. Oh, I, I I think in the Zoom conferences, it's more it's more. In the, I shouldn't even call them conferences. They're more like convenings. Um, and I I think there, it's more people just sort of checking in with each other. It's, uh, the the anger that I the things that are making me angry are more things that are coming through the you know traditional media streams. Although I do talk to people who say you know they're they're listening to sirens outside their home nonstop, or they're, oh, wow. they're you know watching the death count yeah. go up in their community and things mm-hmm. like that. But um, And then, you know, just people in in, in sort of support networks that I'm part of who are saying that they've been trying for months now or weeks and weeks now to get, um, you know, small business loans that were supposed to be applicable to people Mm -hmm. who work independently and none of them have been able to access them. Things like that. Yeah. Um, But things that I'm hearing in those larger convenings, um, I think, you know, one of the things I'm hearing a lot of artists express is – um, pressure <laughs> that they feel from their communities to sort of, um, not entertain, but immediately interpret and make sense of, and, um, you know, move us culturally forward in this moment and, and that they're struggling with a, a desire to, to live up to that standard and also, a a you know, a sense that it's okay to not create anything
0: and to be, right. um, you know, just being, <laughs> coping, you know so so people have felt new pressure that's that's in contrast to another episode i did where somebody felt liberated from pressure you're saying mm-hmm. these artists feel pressure to be an act political activist or well, a spokesperson
5: or a pr- pressure to just create you know i mean artists aren't are not always political activists they're they're often cultural activists so offering new metaphors or offering new um, right new creative ways of managing stress or, you know, I mean, I think at least within the community I work within, which is a very public engagement kind of arts program. (laughs) um, People are feeling like their publics, I guess, or their co-creators and communities Mm -hmm. are wanting um, immediate um, results sort of. and, Mm -hmm. And that this is when artists are often feeling like they're needed most. And, and they're sort of coming to terms with their own needs, which is to just like process this stuff as it's happening. And that, that, you know, maybe demonstrating that instead of quickly throwing together a movie or a song or whatever Mm -hmm. for the times, you know what I mean? Um, is, is an act that's important too. Wow.
0: I mean, that's i I'm really thankful that you take, taking the time to talk about these things because Mm -hmm. they are unfolding right now as we're having this conversation. And also because you're you are involved in all of this culturally, um, perhaps more than, than some people. So, um, well, you are too, Mitch. Tag, you're it. You know, you're part oh, of this now. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I've been doing a lot of walking. I did the solitary mm-hmm. walking yesterday. Oh, great. Um, but you know, I I am able to walk here, thankfully. Yeah, may, what is it like where you are? Well, it's highly rural, so it's radically different than anything I've ever experienced in my life. And so there's a lot of uh, bugs and, and, and trees and an um, enormous amount of nature. Um, there's, even, there's even wild nature and mountains and sky and all that. So it's very different. That's fantastic, it's, actually. <laughs> yeah, again, it's, it's, fun. it's ironic that I'm here because I never really loved any of that, truthfully. And I've yes. always been profoundly ambivalent about nature, so it's interesting that I'm here and not someone that dreams about this. It's interesting, although you know people people change, and I, I do enjoy it, and I make I I, um, I am part of it now. <clears throat> but I but I I'm I'm never um I'm never coy with people, and I never give them what they want to hear. I don't say, "Oh, this is just fantastic," because for me it's because <laughs> for me I am ambivalent. Because I I am a creature of the big city. I was I was born a creature of the big city, and you know that's that's part of who I am. That's yeah, I feel like the last few times I've
5: seen you, it's always been in New York, actually.
0: Exactly. Well, <laughs> I think I saw you once at the uh, Baltimore Film Festival. Is that true? Uh,
5: it's possible. I can't remember. Which film yeah, festival was It's possible. Was that? It's
0: possible. Because you you were doing a film. You were part of a film, right? What film was that? That.
5: I wasn't part of a film in Baltimore. I was there was a project that I was doing that it was based out of Chicago that maybe did some shooting in Baltimore. But yeah. no, I haven't done I haven't done much in Baltimore. I've some writing about a restaurant in Baltimore recently, but I haven't oh. done anything in Baltimore. Um but I I mean, yeah, in the past I've worked on film projects that were I think for some reason I feel like wherever I saw you last in New York was a film screening. Uh,
0: of course.
2: And
5: Darcy yeah. was there.
0: <laughs> it would be. Yeah. It would be, but you know, I really, I'm really appreciative of you taking the time. Well, time thank you it...
5: for inviting me, Mitch. I'm sorry it took me a little a moment to sort out a good time for it, but I'm glad to be a part of what you're doing.
0: And, and thank you, Heather, and uh, keep, keep us posted on what's going on with what these communities are reporting or saying.
5: <laughs> All right, and thank keep you. walking.
0: I will. Thank okay. you. Okay. Take care, Mitch. Okay. Bye. Hello. Hello, Lynn Marco. Yes. This is Mitch Hatton from Journey of an Esthete. Hello, Mitch. Uh, how you doing? It's, good. it's really good to uh, talk to you. Um, can, you hear hey. can you hear everything okay? The reception? yeah, Excellent. Yes, I can hear you. So you are uh, one of the guests in this special episode that I'm calling uh, The Kaleidoscope of Souls. Um, it may have some other titles, but that's the main title. Um where am I calling you from? Where are you at this moment? At this moment I am my car actually. Okay. Um so I wanted to uh wanted you to introduce yourself to the listeners if you if you if you don't mind. And uh no, not- and tell them what your experience has been at this particular time, given, given the work that you have done or do and anything else you want to talk about, we're talking at the end of April 2020, so anything that comes to mind or anything you want to share? Okay.
6: Yes, well, I am Lynn Marku, and I am a massage therapist and an energetic healer. I do vibrational work and Reiki, mm-hmm. and um, this virus has uh, pretty much put a stop to, to my work like it has for many other people. And um, what I have noticed about myself through this, even more so, um, is that my work is, really important to me and really, uh, really brings a lot to my own world as well as the people that I work on and with. Um, And I found myself um, going through a period of time where I was just adjusting to not having the contact and, um, you know, how much human contact is important to me and important to so many people. Um, actually, I think that, you know, massage therapy is an essential business because um, because right now during this time, there's so much anxiety and so much fear uh-huh. out there that, um, you know, people are, totally stressed out, and one of the things that, you know, having a massage does helps the person to relax, so, um, that's been challenging, and I noticed that in the beginning of the, you know, the, when the virus first started, um, became in our awareness, uh, I was buying into I was buying into the fear along with everybody else and I have learned many practices on how to um, work with the mind and how to work with anxiety and mm-hmm. so I for a period of time came in and out of that um, and I have finally you know landed in a place of uh, Standing back in my power, mm-hmm. that I am not powerless to to this virus, and um, I've I've gone back into some of the breathing practices uh, mm-hmm. called pranayama to help support my my nervous system and to help strengthen strengthen my lungs um, as this virus is it attacks you know, the lungs, and so um, having good, strong lungs is really important, and uh, having a regular meditation practice, where you're bringing yourself into a state of relaxation and homeostasis, Mm -hmm.
2: Um,
6: and so I've, you know, I've, I've landed back in that space, and I am, you know, holding, holding people in my, in my thoughts and prayers, and in my in my energetic field, so that when I am in a meditation, uh, the peace that I am able to access within myself, I imagine sending it out to radiate to those who are feeling anxious. Um, so. That has given me something that I feel like I'm doing to contribute in a positive way. Um because that's one of the very important things for me is uh to how am I contributing
2: in mm.
6: in society.
0: Hmm. Huh. That's um that's a that's a, a um a lot to a lot to um potentially talk about. Um, I only have you for for a short time, but that's that's a, you've given us a lot there, uh, just in that in that description and response. Um, uh, to ask a a practical question, um, so the, you're saying that you can't have certain kinds of proximity. Is that right? Because of what you do, so there's a, there's limitations or restrictions. Is that um, on on the uh, what's possible in terms of your work, right?
6: Right. Exactly. I mean, it's mandated Mm -hmm. that, um, massage therapists, uh, don't work. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, so that really, um, that really puts a, you know, a six foot, a six foot distance, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. with this social distancing is, is hard to, is hard to keep, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in, when you're a massage therapist, Mm um, um, but I do believe that there are ways to, um, so as we start feathering back in, um, there are essential oils that are, um, helpful for, you know, airborne, airborne virus. And so I can, I can diffuse, Mm -hmm. um, essential oils, which will help keep the air, you know, um, Mm -hmm. clean and just, um, you know, make sure that, you know, everything gets washed afterwards and Mm -hmm. wiped down. And so I'll just be seeing, you know, I'll be slowly beginning to, um, see people again.
0: So you, you, you're going to, you're going to restart some things, but perhaps in a new way not in exactly the same way, but you'll be, you see a continuation of what, what you're doing, which would be good. Of course. Um, Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I just had a had a couple of other questions. I'm just wondering, um, you, I I imagine you talk to some clients long distance or on the computer. Is this, or no? Um, most,
6: for me, mostly over the phone.
0: Over the I phone, have, okay. Have,
6: mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a very. Um, I like to. I like to connect as uh, you know, one on one and mm-hmm. as intimately as I can. So, um, mostly checking in with people with the phone.
0: Okay. It's interesting. I mean, I know a lot of people, um, and. Like many other things since this virus, uh, they um, tend to be divided a- among themselves <laughs> about how they even feel about the phone. I, I got a call from somebody that, um, saying that they hate the phone, hate talking on the phone, um, but that they were putting their, aside their, their negative feelings just because of this time. And so for the first time, they were actually right. talking to people on the phone. And I imagine there there are people opposite this person that maybe would were, were love to be on the phone, like the the quintessential teenager, of an earlier era, I guess. But um, uh uh-huh. it's interesting. So I'd be people people. So I guess you're you're having to use this uh, this technology, that's actually an I guess that used to be an analog technology. In a new environment, I guess a long, as long okay. as, you, as long as you can have a connection with somebody. I think that's the most important thing, even though there's more or less ideal forms of connection. right?
6: Um. Absolutely. It's very important to to keep connecting with others. And, um, you know, the other thing for me is uh, spending time in nature every day. That is just a vital part of of my day. Um, it, It brings me you know, it, it brings me, uh, so much joy. And,
0: uh, so I'm out there every day. <laughs> uh-huh. What exactly are, are you, are you interacting with, uh, I guess a lot of water, right? Cause there's, is there water yeah. where you are, but also sky and, um, of course the mountains. Yes. Yes. So forest and
6: there's, you know, uh, there's a lot of birds and just, just, Life and and nature mm. and it's interesting to watch. Um, you know, even though, even though everything, you know, there's a lot of things ha- that have that have stopped right now. Mm. The Earth is continuing, and mm. you know, spring spring is is bringing all this new life, mm. and so every. Every time I go out for a walk, it's a little bit different than the day before. There's, mm-hmm. you know, a different flower that might be blooming,
2: mm-hmm.
6: um, different bird that I noticed. I heard a I heard a Bob White uh, huh. this morning for the first time in years.
0: Huh.
6: And I thought that was really interesting. I was like, I haven't heard that in years.
0: You mean you say years, you mean like a decade or?
6: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Huh. So that's a so that's an that's
6: nature a, keeps going.
0: Right. I mean, uh, uh well, you you you. I'm happy that you're getting so much from nature in that sense, and you're able to sort of get outside. In nature. Um, are there any other things you've noticed when you were out there, other than animals that you haven't heard from, uh, and in flowers? Are there things that um. Have have taught you uh, something about nature or yourself, even though it's a different organism, or a different kind of species. What is your what what kinds of things have you taken from those experiences, more generally or specific, even specifically? Um. So the water. So where I
6: walk, I I'm by you know a creek that runs pretty strong, and um, you know I've often often watched the water and noticed that uh, when there's an obstacle, it just flows around it. And it's a reminder for me that no matter what is placed in my path,
2: mm-hmm.
6: um, to just, to just keep, keep flowing and find a different way.
2: Mm-hmm. And
6: so um, for me, it's, it's been a reminder that, you know, right now, while we're in this time um, i don't this doesn't have to stop me mm-hmm. it doesn't have to stop my world i can I can learn to flow around it and and with it
2: mm-hmm. and
6: so water to me is a good is a good teacher watching it and listening to it
0: well hearing you talk about that reminds me of um I feel one of the most influential talks I've ever read in my life uh, and that's uh the discussion of water by Suzuki Rosh- Roshi or Shunry- Shunryo Suzuki and he has that he has a talk called Novana the Waterfall and he's talking about the first time he ever saw Yosemite in his life when he moved when he was in the United States for the first time and of course I won't I won't read the whole the passage here, but it's really something. And he talks about he talks about how the water droplets are like our lives, in in the sense of the way that they fall, and sometimes they seem slow, and then they fa- they're fast. And how how he talks about how the water, the enormity of the of the um, the enormity of the pressure on each water drop, and uh, the whole process is quite beautiful. I mean, it's really really something. Uh.
6: I'll have to. I'll have
0: to go read that. It's it's in Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's good stuff.
6: Lovely. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Well, Lynn, beautiful. Lynn, Lynn is there anything else you want to say uh, 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 before we before we unfortunately sign off? And you, uh, anything that comes into your mind or heart. Uh, what comes
6: into my mind right now is that um, there is not much information out there for the people about supporting your immune system. Um, most of you know most of what's out there, most of what's in the news is is a lot of fear based thinking mm-hmm. and that um, when we're in a place of fear, we are putting. Our internal resources that can be used for, um, you know, rest and renewal and creating a, a healthy body, a healthy immune system. We're putting our resources into, um, fighting the tiger. So, because it places mm-hmm. us into this fight or flight place.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: And so all the energies go into that. Um, so, You know, what I would say is um, is as much as as people can, to just return to the breath and to return to the things that, you know, fill you up with, with joy and be, you know, feeding yourself well, resting well, and just really taking this time to nurture is just so important right now.
0: Well, Thank, thank you, Lynn, for for coming on this podcast and mentioning these things. I don't think there's anybody You're else. Welcome. I don't think there's anybody else that could say it any better. Um, so, I'm 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 grateful you can be part of this this episode. Me too. Thank you so much, Mitch. Thank you, and uh, be safe, of course, and continue your practice in whatever form. Yes.
6: Wonderful. Thank you. I will. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Mm-hmm.
0: Amanda Mecio Antunes, Dama. Hi, hi Mitch.
1: It's How are
0: you? Good. It's uh Mitch Hampton with Journey of an Esthete, of course, and we are going to uh, record now um a very short discussion uh during the um this time we're all living through and in, in, in and with. Um I call it Kaleidoscope of Souls, different working titles. Um, so welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, it's been a a couple of weeks since we talked maybe. What's uh, the state of uh, your, um, where you are, um, situated in Los Angeles and, um, Mm -hmm. the kind of stuff you've been working on or not working on or what you've been able to do or or just what's what's going on in the environment? Basically, anything that comes to your mind, you're you're certainly free to uh, discuss it. So. Yeah.
1: Well, I have like you know, every most of us were stuck inside. I've been home for about a, a little bit over a month now. Yep. Um, and i you know I'm lucky I have a home I'm lucky I have work to do i mean, i've I've moved to my studio to my house, so I've been making work in my living room oh wow in my, in my kitchen in my yard oh, you wow. know I use any space any little space that I have to create um uh-huh. i haven't really I haven't really stopped working just because work is therapy to me, and I'm sure it is for a lot of artists that are mm-hmm. um you know have been forced to stay home. And we, I, I, I feel like in a way, Mitch, I don't, I think we spoke about this earlier, but I, I'm sensing, um, uh, there's a, there's a a sense of stillness that I think I, I, I very much appreciate about this time of Mm -hmm. like slowing down and it's a collective stillness. Yeah. And it feels like we're all, we're all have been giving this sort of opportunity to um, think about what is necessary Mm. and think about, you know, the planet has been affected by this in a positive way. So what does that mean moving forward? And yeah, there's a lot to touch on this. I feel like (laughs) I've been um, a bit confused, Mm. I've been sad, I've been, worried for my family and friends that have been losing jobs and losing <clears throat> up, you know losing what their careers over this because they don't have you know things have been canceling shows oh, yeah. have been canceling so yeah there's a lot of worry in there and a lot of mm-hmm. also but at the same time a lot of time to reflect and um yeah how are you how are you feeling about this like well, how is it affecting you
0: well i'm not i'm not doing anything in my kitchen in my living room well i yeah, i am actually <laughs> well i want to hear more yeah. about what it, what you're doing in in your kitchen but um no i'm 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 at my piano a lot you know so i've i've uh, got i've got, I've got my piano with you well my piano's in my home but, uh, thankfully uh blessedly okay
6: okay so but yeah. i just happen to yeah. be
0: sitting like i'm at my piano right now as i'm talking to you so i, I i'm okay. not saying i'm not saying that i so i wouldn't i couldn't say for sure that i'm doing any more work than i was mm-hmm. um but that that continues and you know i'm doing uh i mean what i'm basically been doing is writing one composition mm-hmm. that i plan to be a long ongoing composition with many movements uh to go on for a very long time um in this time mm-hmm. and so my way of, of responding mm-hmm. is to have a kind of a one piece about it but one it's not about it but one piece that it's kind of like modular that pieces can come and go and you could take things mm-hmm. and add things and it's kind of a very flexible form
2: mm-hmm. and that's
0: what I've been working working on um, but um, that's a very simple thing to describe I guess I don't think it's that complicated but so it, yeah, but it, I,
1: that it, sounds very exciting I, yeah exciting for you and um, but yeah the I, I think in part, part of what I was saying, like the time that we've had in our hands, and it's not mm-hmm. all of us. I'm not speaking for all of us because some of us are still working and have to be, you know, facing the risk of being out there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, in the, in, the, in a lot of ways, I, I feel really lucky that I get to be inside. I get to be home, mm-hmm. and I don't have to go out there and, yep. um, yeah, and put myself at risk and other people at risk. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so, yeah, I feel very lucky and working for me has been, um, it's a, it's a different kind of work. Because, you know, the work you're doing in the studio, um, has been in response to the space that I have mm-hmm. working from home. I haven't worked from home in a long time. So
0: I, I guess I should add that you're in a, you're in a significant home. Architecturally and historically, is this correct?
1: Yeah. So, yeah. so you might been here for about a year. Yeah.
0: You might want to talk about the meaning of that, or what what, what that involves, if if you if you if you want to. If that. If oh then,
1: sure, yeah. The. So yeah, I'll, I'll kind of I'll move back. I'll go back a little bit in time because a year ago I moved into this home. Um, serendipitously, in a way, it was. I was walking in the area and found the sign and ended up meeting a landlord who ended up offering the place for me and my partner to rent. Uh, Little did I know that I was moving into one of my, you know, heroes through my life. Uh, She's a writer. Uh, Her name is Anais Nin. Yes.
0: Anais been
1: She's been a huge influence in my work and my practice in the past 10 years and moving into this place was, um, what would I call, I don't know. It was not just a coincidence, I feel. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
1: so so I started a project as part of my work as a performance artist and installation artist. I was doing research at UCLA library, going through her original manuscripts and her diary. Um, and the work I actually finished the research right before the pandemic started, but um, by by being stuck inside in the home now, I I've been giving this time to reflect on what I researched about her mm-hmm. and thinking about all the, the little things that I've I want to do with this project, and it's actually giving me an opportunity to finish it. Um, so. My, what I'm doing in the kitchen, in the living room, outside, in the yard, is all part of the project I call the trapeze project. Um,
3: called the, tra- the, the trapeze? The trapeze project,
1: yeah.
2: Okay.
1: So trapeze is what Anais called, you know, life in between places, a life between her life in, in the East Coast with her husband there mm-hmm. and her life here in the home with her husband here. She was bigamous. Her, her two, two husbands, family. yes. Yeah, she she lived like that for a long time. Um, a little bit
0: like the, the fiction, in, fictional character Don, Donna Flora, yeah. No?
1: Yeah, yeah, Donna Flora. Donna Flora. yeah, yeah. And so I... In thinking of trapeze, for me, it's not about having, you know, two families, but it is about having this life in between places. Mm -hmm. As an immigrant, I'm from Brazil, and I've been living here for about 10 years, and I'm in the process of getting my citizenship, and I'm a little confused about, you know, what this means uh, moving forward, and uh, my citizenship is actually at a pause right now because of the pandemic, so I haven't been able to even...
0: So, so, what, through. so, so, what you're saying is that you were going to go finalize your ceremony, is that is that mm-hmm. what it is? And that was sort of canceled yeah. or postponed because of uh, because yeah, of the, the oath
1: ceremony is a is a large event, sure, with you know with a lot of a lot of people that have entered yeah. the process come together to yeah. to do the oath and it was canceled. It was scheduled to be two weeks ago on a Thursday, oh, wow. so obviously I. I didn't get to go so it's yeah being put on pause wow. in between things and having this project on my lap where i'm reading about this woman feeling studying and researching and going deep into consciousness and saying mm-hmm. and, and this idea of looking inwards that uh-huh. she so much um you know valued uh-huh. i i think there's a lot that i I had to explore there, and and in, in a sense, I, yeah, having this time and being here has been really valuable to me, and I'm not taking it for granted. And I'm getting, I'm working really hard to get this written down and thought about, and mm-hmm. so I can hopefully someday share. And I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know if it's a book. I don't know if it's huh. just a performance piece. Um, ideally, I think it would be maybe both.
0: Wow. Um, are you thinking, of, are, are you thinking about how it's going to be, I guess you already, th- by that you mean, how you are going to present it? Is it going to be done on the computer screen or virtual or, or is it right? Is it going to be, yeah. On, yeah.
1: Yeah. How am I going, going to present it? And, you know, how I'm going to present it, even considering how, we're not going to b- go back to normal life. So, mm. what does it look like to, yeah. for performance and to to have an audience now? Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but but yeah, there's a, there's there's I feel, and I have to say that there's a, a, kind of a feeling of extraordinary time.
0: Um, Extra what time? That
1: like there's a feeling of a. To be living in an extraordinary, time. extraordinary
0: time, yeah, oh, sure, um,
1: sure. It's an
0: ev- it's a world historic event, um,
1: and, and for yeah. and for the creative, and for a creative person, you know, for anyone who's a maker and yeah. intuitive and imaginative, yeah. I think we we can take this as something to learn with and
0: yeah.
1: grow and
5: yeah.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things about this time that is really hard on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because temperamentally, I'm I only really like the quotidian and the small. And I I really dislike historical making be- events.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I would have hated to have been alive during the French Revolution or during the American Civil War. Um, I'm thankful that I wasn't. You know, I kind of missed '67 and '68 in a way because I was just born. And because, because, you know, now nothing against those events, I'm not saying that those, if you love those events and if you, if you like being in part of events where the whole world is watching, all, all power to you. That's, that's some people like that, okay. but, um, but I'm, the, I'm always like the opposite because I sort of feel like I can burrow and I can, you know, I could, I could sort of make, make something mean what I want it to mean. Uh, rather than what, yeah. rather than consensus you know i'm always i 'm always sort of pushing back against consensus and so those things are challenges of course now because i'm in a big event you know I'm living through it so yeah. um, so has it
1: keeping has it been keeping you from making new work or no or you
6: feel well, no I have this big, ways,
0: i more... have, I have this big piece of music that i 'm calling um all dressed up and no place mm-hmm. to go it 's the name of it. It's very humorous so you are
1: motivated. You are motivated to well, speak. Well,
0: I, I, I'm not – I'm motivated um, – I, I can't – I really honestly can't say with full assurance what role my place in history is playing in this. In other words, I can't really know if I wouldn't be doing this music without the event or if I would not be doing – if I'm doing something. In other words, I can't really know that. And also I don't I mm-hmm. try not to speculate or analyze too much about such things
2: because yeah, I think to do I that I think to
0: do that is a mistake because I think I mean for me it's a mistake cuz I think the work is what's important. Yeah. And, and, you absolutely. Know, yeah, for me works of art again, they're not really about these big events. I mean they're actually I think art is in spite of the big event. So I think if an artwork is if someone writes a novel you know during a really huge event Um, And there's a lot of great novels that are about huge events, because Mm -hmm. um, what's best or interesting about those novels is how they call into question the bigness of those events. You know, or they, you know, they they don't, you know, they don't Mm -hmm. they don't take the event, they don't take the events account of the event. They don't see the Mm -hmm. event the way the event is is talked about in textbooks or history books. You know, maybe totally but uh, you know that's um
1: i agree with you in that in that way i think for what i have been feeling what is which is the shift for me of and it's also a contradiction because you know i'll get there but for young like for myself as a working artist Mm -hmm. i think there's always been in in a world pre pre pre-covid yeah um there was a sense of there's this attitude and this pressure that the outer world, like we comply with to make, to create, to produce, to be, yeah. to be always um, uh, motivated to get stuff done, to have accomplishments, yep. to reach out, to mm-hmm. network. There's, you know, in this, this, all of these pressures are gone now. Um, yeah, that's so- that's something.
0: Listed. That's really. I mean, let me say something for a second. That's something you and I really agree mm-hmm. on. That there's something mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to know if I want to say positive but you could say positive but there's something I never liked those things right you didn't either right me neither yeah, yeah you no, it, right we but bo- I... we both we both <laughs> disliked all that crap I guess I call that call that crap from the world um mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. of course it's it's a further question how much that stuff really has to do with art making at all or if it's just a, it's just Is that... a unimportant you know.
1: I don't think it has anything to do with our making. I think art yeah. can be done in any way and at any time. And yeah. it, it doesn't have to be even shown. You can do it on yourself when you're leaving room, never show anybody. Yeah. It's yours to be had.
2: Yeah.
1: It's a process. It's a personal experience that oftentimes we expose, but it doesn't have to be.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, the beauty of it is that anyone at any time yeah. can reach out for that Mm -hmm. if you know and this this idea of art consumption and art critics Mm -hmm. and art um, uh, uh, festivals and all these things that this is the the commercial side of art is in the
2: exhibitions
1: and is what keeps makes the artist have this urgent need to always be producing
2: yeah but
1: in fact it's so important to Understand. I think for me, it's so important to also not produce and to just be Mm. bored out of my mind in order to think about, you know, the work in a deeper sense and like what is it that I'm doing. And most of the work that I'm proud of is work that comes out of boredom Mm. and stillness.
0: Yeah, that 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 reminds me of something. This Erica Jana interview. This Mm -hmm. Erica Jean Duguay's favorite writer. Yeah, it I, in my it in my favorite writer actually, but it, she shows that she actually wrote a piece on the importance of leisure or not, in order to okay. create an art artistic, to to write her novel or story, and she wrote an essay yeah. about about the importance of downtime, how they have to have to cultivate downtime.
2: Yeah,
0: and um, you know that's uh, that's true. Yeah, because the thing of it is, when you're not doing something, you're actually doing something that's the other thing too <laughs> when you're not so you know yeah saying it's something
1: no absolutely you're yeah. yeah you're doing something constantly yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's it's this uh, for some reason our world or uh, and you know maybe you can we can explore this by talking but like I believe part of it is this rushed capitalist Western mentality that oftentimes, makes us feel like we are not doing enough. Yeah. Um, and this feeling of not doing enough is, you know, should be, shouldn't be there. Like we are, if we're not doing enough for yourself, mm-hmm. that's what you should be. I, I don't know. To me, sometimes yeah. like I, I've been working outside in nature a mm-hmm. lot. So every day okay, I take this, I, I walk, 30 to 40 minutes up the mountain. I live by the mountain.
0: Oh, you're lucky. So I
1: just, so yeah. It's so
0: beautiful I, where you I'm are. It's so beautiful where mm-hmm. you are. I mean, one of my favorite things to do in Los Angeles is to hike uh, Griffith Park Observatory in back.
5: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: It's, it's the greatest yeah. walk you could do. Maybe.
1: No, I've, I'm really lucky to be near yeah. nature, to have access to just, yep. you know, uh, this vast, rich, environment that is just surrounded by trees and animals and birds and deers and yeah it's, it's wild what kind of animals have you seen oh i see deers almost every day every day and i see ber- you know birds
0: uh-huh. around
1: there are bears around here sometimes we we spot them um and lots of lizards
3: and little wild rabbits <laughs>
2: Huh.
0: Mhm. Um well in, in a way I think it's 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 kind of a, it's a beautiful thing that you and I can actually talk like this a long distance. Really? Is. I'm in the, I'm, in this, a bless, a I'm in this I'm in this small, I'm in this small little town in a, in a strange state in the south, you know, and Yeah. I mean I'm in this rural it's a very it's rural, you know. And you're yeah. in Los Angeles, California, we're having this conversation.
1: Well, um, not quite. I mean, I'm in LA County, but I'm in Sierra Madre, California, that's right. which I'm is sorry. also uh, yeah, it's yeah, also yeah. a tiny little town that's by right. the foot
0: of the mountain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. um, uh, I miss yeah. Duly, California. You know, you can't do everything. Yeah. At, you can't do everything at once. You can't be in all places at the same time. No. At, at least not physically. Yeah. I think you can in other. If you take a trip, or if you, you know, you, maybe mm-hmm. you can. <laughs> but um. <laughs> But um, is there anything yeah. else uh, you want to say further about either what you're doing in the living room and kitchen or how you're utilizing the house or what you your um, anything that comes to mind yeah. before we go or?
1: Well, I just sometimes, like, I feel like I hear, I hear sometimes from friends online and artists that I know that it's been hard to create. Been hard mm-hmm. to even think about making something in this time because we are just all there's a feeling of like sadness
0: absolutely uh,
1: disru- disruption um, lack of resources and I you know that all of that is of course a big part of what we're living now yeah um, but sometimes you know to make something to feel good about yourself, in the moment that you are, it doesn't, you don't have, you don't, I, I don't think it requires a ton of resources. You can make something which is about anything. Yeah. I sometimes, I mean, I'm in the kitchen. I pick an object and I just try to do something with that object every day.
6: reinvent oh, wow. it.
1: What do I, what am I supposed to be looking at? Um, so I've been mm. using actually a lot of, I, I've gone back to sewing. I pulled out my sewing machine oh, and I've wow. been stitching again and stitching other types of finding fabric, recycling fabric in my closet because it's what I have available right now. I haven't you know, gone to mm. a art store to get anything. I've been finding supplies in my own home. Mm. I picked up five pieces of logs that my neighbor chopped the other day <laughs> to make something with. So it's just, oh, wow. it's like, a, it's kind of a free, it's, to me, like a time for free form and reinventing how I function with material. And materials yeah. are available
0: to me and available to all of us. I, I envy you folks that do visual things, you know, because I don't <laughs> have, as you, I've joked about on this show, I don't really have drawing skills, or illustration skills, yeah. and I can't sew any of those things, those yeah. are, those are remarkable things to do, that people, people that can do that, that, that's so, I'm really, well, I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I
1: feel the thing about you, I feel the thing, I envy people who can create music, because I feel like music, is such a part of how we feel, uh, at peace with ourselves, uh-huh. like it's easy to. I can meditate with music, mm-hmm. and yeah, I. I wish I could play an instrument, so
0: I'm well, there with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dama, this has uh, been a beautiful conversation, and sometimes uh, even the times are kind of ugly in some ways now. And I oh, should okay. I should say that I don't. It isn't hasn't been a, and has not been a breeze, and uh, creating this piece of music has has not been easy. It's not easy. Uh-huh. And, you know, I only restricted myself to one piece, you know, that's, <laughs> that's why I did that. I like stripped everything away. Well, I'm just going to do this one damn thing and pick uh-huh. at it. That was a way of solving that problem for me of having to worry about, um, of what I can do. But, um, it's a, it's great having you here on Journey of an Esthete because in a lot of ways, the things you're talking about are the, are the heart of, the, of, our, of our show, uh, the, the heart, the uh-huh. very heart of our, our show. And, and what it's about. So.
1: Well, thank you for doing this show. Thank you for, you know, also been listening to the people you're talking to and it's really inspiring. It's nice to hear.
0: That's why I do it. So, so thank you. Donna. That you're working on this. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Be safe.
3: All right. You too. Mm-hmm. Talk to